Hey, what's going on, everybody? Matt from Emetics Mind here. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Emetics Mind podcast. So on this episode, I'm going to tackle a topic that is kind of difficult to speak about. Uh, difficult because oftentimes it's marred by social narratives and stereotypes. But I think anytime there's a chance to speak about it and to bring light to it, it's important. And that topic is spousal abuse. It's not tied to one gender or the other as we are so now learning or at least being presented in the the public forum with the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial being so openly presented to the world. Now, I think for a long time, people have known that it's not just a male to female issue. It does present in any relationship at any given time. And there are a myriad of different reasons as to why this is the case, which is why for me, it's so important to talk about it. Um, I have been in relationships that are less than stellar. And um, I decided to write about a certain incident that uh, unfolded for me. Uh, many, many years ago and uh, present it in story format so as to continue the conversation and openly discuss spousal abuse and highlight how important it is to be transparent and honest with those things uh, because that's the only way we're going to bring light to the topic and that's the only way that we're going to shed stigmas and stereotypes is by talking about it. So, this is my story. It's called Me Too, Johnny, and it's coming up next in the Medics Mind podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and I'll see you on the next one. guy in the place. When looking around, it seemed that every other patron was coupled and gleeful in the other's company. But not me. I was perched up at the bar, whiskey in hand and a mind, drunk in thought. The only company I had was the smooth jazz playing in the background, and the gentle tap of rain against the window beside me. My sad eyes rested on the hickory of my single malt. Nothing felt right, and everything felt wrong. To that point in my life, I had tried to live a certain way. I tried to be kind more often than not. I was truthful and honest, open and sincere with my hopes and wishes. And perhaps that was my undoing all along. The skin on the side of my face still rang with a punitive burn from where the hand had hit me. My glasses bent and misshapen. 
The third finger on my right hand ached and throbbed. It was swollen and bruised, not at all appealing in sight or feeling. Contemplations of other times in my life where I had been struck and beaten by those who had claimed to love me swam circuitously like sharks in the troubled waters of my thinking space. The only differences between those remembrances and that moment was I was no longer a boy. I was a fully grown man. I had served my country in the military and continued to serve my community as a paramedic. And yet there I sat, scared, alone, trembling in subtle vibration, desperately trying to hide among the shadows and intoxicant of a barroom. It's an odd juxtaposition, dressing like a hero, yet feeling so feeble. My phone rested beside me, its screen illuminated with incessant incoming message notifications. It was her. She was calling and texting and then calling some more. A cycle of action that repeated with such frequency that my voicemail would run out of room and no longer accept further messages. Both a relief and a nuisance. This wasn't the first time things had become physical between she and I. It's just that my flawed indifference toward it had run out. The same old excuses and veiled justifications had lost their validity. I knew all along that it was wrong, but when you're someone that was born into the dysfunction of physical altercation among loved ones, it almost feels par for the course. A painful familiar. As a paramedic, I was no stranger to spousal violence and strained relationships. You'd be surprised how many broken relationships we respond to with no protocol on how to mend them. And then it was my turn to come home and sadly faced that which mirrored work and childhood. It made living a laborious and lonesome undertaking. The abuse wasn't only physical, it was emotional too. She had faked a pregnancy test once, sent me a picture of a positive result via text message while I was at work. What precipitated that event was a fight that we had the night before. She wanted me to call in sick because my time off request was denied and so our hopeful plans had to be rearranged for another time. I explained that I didn't feel comfortable in doing that, and thus the fight began, leading to an eventual picture of a pregnancy test and the words, I guess work is more important than me and our baby. I guess I'll just abort it. When I attempted to call her and discuss the new revelation, I was banished to the desolate land of ignored. It would come out in the weeks that followed that the test was forged and faked. The justification was, and I quote, to see if I even cared. Out of all that, I still somehow managed to feel guilty of some ethereal wrongdoing, all because I'd shown up for my scheduled shift. I can't and won't place all the blame on her though. Had I possessed more self-worth and dignity, I would likely have never allowed things to devolve as far as they had. But that's the crux of abuse, isn't it? Broken and damaged people harming any and all, including self, because of reasons X, Y, and Z. The relationship, if we can use that term, ended on a cool spring morning. The sun wasn't even awake yet. I had been sent home from work because of a terrible call that I had responded to. The details of that call are not for this story. But upon my coming home in the early morning hours, 
I would quietly enter our home and walk upstairs with the intent of getting into bed. The room was dark and I had not yet become fully adjusted to the shadows. I maneuvered the darkness with my hands leading the way. I found the corner of the bed and used memory and intuition to guide me the rest of the way. I then placed my right hand down with the intent of peeling back the covers, but when my hand touched the blanket, it also grazed the chest of another man. I had come home to find what was supposed to be my love in bed with somebody else. I can tell you that in a moment such as that, time seems to stutter and slow down. Breath becomes thin and labored. It feels as though there's a vice gripping the inside walls of your chest, squeezing angrily and without remorse. I fled to my car and drove without direction. The city and its limits seemed never-ending. With each agonizing blink, images of a man's chest glued itself to the backs of my eyes. Her shrill voice and the things she said prior to my leaving the house snipped at the inside of my ears. Lacerations of a spiteful tongue. I would eventually find my way to my buddy Sean's place. He welcomed me in and despite the early hours of the morning, assembled an Irish breakfast. Two beers and an empathetic ear to listen. He knew all about my relationship. Hell, he lived next door to us for a number of years. He heard the abuse for himself. He, along with all those who cared for me, would offer their sage advice and inform me gently and sincerely that the relationship did not seem healthy for me. But amidst the clatter of wishes and pain of reality, sometimes it's hard to hear anything. Later on that night is when I found myself at the bar, alone with drink in hand. Several weeks later, I'd find myself in a completely different city. I'd quit my job, pack my car, and drive some 3,000 kilometers to the other side of the country in hopes of starting anew. Thing is, you can leave the abuse of the person, but the effect of that abuse lingers. In my experience, it requires a lot of help, time, and self-compassion before the wounds truly start to heal. With the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial being so public, it's hard not to learn about some of the inner workings of their troubled courtship. It was last Thursday when a piece of audio halted me in place. The court played recordings of Mr. Depp and Miss Heard. Her voice was easily identifiable and clear when saying, I'm sorry that I didn't uh, uh, hit you across the face in a proper slap, but I was hitting you. It was not punching you. Babe, you're not punched. You didn't get punched. You got hit. I'm sorry I hit you like this, but I did not punch you. I don't know what the motion of my actual hand was, but you're fine. I did not hurt you. I did not punch you. I was hitting you. I'm not sitting here bitching about it, am I? You are. That's the difference between me and you. You are such a baby. A flicker from the past crashed into view. I heard a similar voice. It called me fat loser and ugly I then heard I didn't say you were fat Matthew but you are kind of gross like sort of fat the psychological weapon known as gaslighting making the other person in my case me feel as though I was crazy for the things she had said and done this trial has brought to surface many complex feelings and issues for me I am, however, in a much more stable position in my life, and thus these resurfacings, although painful, are no longer damaging and harmful. They're just happenstances that have gone into the melting pot of things that have shaped the man that I've become. A kinder, gentler man, 
A man who's learning what self-worth and dignity really are. A man who's in a relationship with a partner. A true partner. The love of my life. She is kind and she is sincere. She is caring and she is honest. And she is breathtaking. My hope is that Mr. Depp and men like him, men like me, also find a way to a better version of themselves. Because in doing that, those who wish to do you harm, those who care not for you or about you will begin to fade into the obscurity of irrelevant. Abuse is abuse. It's not tied to one gender or another. And recovery is possible for any who seeks it. It just starts with a little bit of hope. And yes, sometimes that can be hard to find. For me, the clouds truly began to part when I put the whiskey down and learned to trust in those who believe in me. And when I am done speaking this, that's precisely what I intend to do. I will go out to the garden where my beautiful Sheena is working. I'll wrap my arms around her and I'll say thank you. Not because she saved me, but because she accepts me. She does not need me, nor I her, but we want one another. And that's the key. Never rely on someone else for the validation that you seek, because only you can give it. Be with somebody you want, not with someone you need, because the only person in this life that you truly need is yourself. So Johnny, me too, brother, me too. Now, when this is all over and done with, you too, you too can find a better way. I promise. I did. I'm acting surprised, but I know I'm not over you. I keep missing our fights, even though there's over you. We had a fire, now we're watching it burn.
But I know I'm not over you I keep missing our fights Think I'm losing my mind But I guess that's what love do 